PlayStation. Oh, yes, indeed. Welcome back to another episode of Sheep Station Dynasty Podcast, joined by just one suspect, another just duo episode. We're just back to back yeah. to back duo episodes here. The triple. Guess duo nine. It's not quite duo nine, but it'll do. How are you, yeah, tri- triple double, I guess, actually, um, <laughs> which is nice. That's uh, pretty hard to do in basketball. I've tried, never got there. I've done um, it a few times, you know. Yeah, I bet you have. On an NBA 2K. <laughs> <laughs> I used to play NBA Live 2004, one oh, of my favourite games. And um, I would just build a super team and then spend the entire time trying to get Allen Iverson a quadruple-double in every single game. <laughs> <laughs> how many <laughs> How many successes were there? Uh, if you were on an easy level, it wasn't too bad. You, yeah, could, right. you could get by pretty easy. Um, it was the steals that was always the, the hard thing to do. Oh, for sure. For sure. All right, well, here we are again. Join us on those social media platforms. We are at Sheep Station, a pod on Twitter. Instagram, we are Sheep Station Dynasty Podcast. If you'd like to join our Discord, hit up those uh, Twitter posts on at Sheep Station Pod. Uh, there's, a, there's a Discord link in there somewhere. Let's go back through the previous posts. I'm sure you'll find it. And uh, look, Sheep 3, draft has literally... Started what six minutes ago, so that's flying. <laughs> it is um, zero picks off the board, uh, but uh, I don't know, fifty-two minutes ago, so it's it's going, and uh, we're just sitting here waiting. Exciting times. No picks made. No we're picks there. made, but uh, excited to make a pick. That will be fun. Yeah, been look, a, we'll, we'll see. I think there's, I think there's going to be some action. Um, I'm, I'm sure we've got some action brewing, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a long process. This one, a long process of what thirty rounds of of drafting. Oof. Get in for a grind. Yep, yeah, thirty rounds of slow draft can uh, take a while, but um, over or under two it's weeks. All fun and games. I think over at the moment. Over, <laughs> Since yeah. we, oh, we haven't had the one hundred and one picked yet. <laughs> See how we go there, but anyways, in the meantime, let me see how I go here with this. Oh, hang on. Oh, oh, it got. Yeah. Uh, how does it sound? It got. It surprised me. I thought the amount you struggled beforehand it wasn't going to sound good, but it was, it was solid. <laughs> so here we have Bliss Lager. I don't know if we've done this before. It might. It actually is ringing a bell. It's from the uh, Garage Project. We, we we have done a couple of Garage Project beers. I'm pretty sure, but. Uh, you know me, just trying to pick lagers because they're closest to beer. Um, <laughs> however, I'm looking at it, and look, it's a bit intriguing. Bright colours, yellow, orange, red, kind of blended. Not blended, but, uh, you know, I don't even know what to call this. Yellow writing for bliss, and then an orange and red kind of shadow, and then a lager underneath in black. Yellow can pretty much else around the, the rest of it. Let me have a sneaky, sneaky sip. I gotta admit, Chris, I was um, I was fully expecting something like a uh, superdry as as a leftover, <laughs> uh, the, the Han superdry uh, this week, leftover from the wedding. But uh, no, you you've surprised yeah, we, me with a, quite a, a craft of beer left. of sorts. Mm, yeah, look, one point two four point five percent alcohol volume, uh, two pant, whatever that means. <laughs> I don't nice. know what that is, but two pant. Uh, uh, make sure you bring two pairs of pants if you're drinking this beer, because you probably... Oh, so this is it. one for golf, just in case you get a oh. hole in one. Yes. Nailed it. 
good joke from me. All right, so yeah, look, first first taste. I'll take a second one here because it's. Uh, I don't remember what it tastes like. <laughs> it was so long ago. It just tastes like every other almost craft beer lager. You know, it's just not quite a beer, but enough that you could drink a whole can, but probably not four. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Apparently, uh, you're supposed to, you know, drink this in the sun with fresh cut glass, uh, glass grass, and. Uh, the smell of the barbecue in the background, but I don't even th- think that's going to help this beer. Uh, <laughs> Fresh cut glass is pretty good. Yeah. So, look, third round pick. Yeah, right. I think Nothing that's fair. Good. Be be good to look back and see when you last reviewed it and see if it's improved as, as your gradual uh, transition into craft beer has taken place. Uh, <laughs> do, do you reckon I've done this one before? I don't know. I can't remember. I feel yeah. like you've done a lot of lagers and a lot of... Uh, I'm running out of lagers. Yeah. And Pete, Pete's the one with the board, right? Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure he's got that somewhere. <laughs> yeah, look, third round pick. Nothing better. I'll play a comp. Uh, and... It's going to be the most basic player in the world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like... Uh, just thinking of, of players that we have just coming up today... Zach uh, Ray- Pascal. No, it's it's oh. Racy McMath. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Zach Pascal. That'll work. You know, pops up every now and then. You, you play him once on a, on a week that he actually does something, and it's the biggest fluke in the world. And then you'll never play him again. That kind of thing. Yeah, Rex Burkett. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, not my favourite, but it's definitely no Griat Nawata, and then I probably should have just gone with the what did you call it? Ah, uh, the Superdry. Yeah, Superdry. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, what's the plan for uh, today, mate? What do we What do we got on action here? Yeah, look, we um, mentioned it last week. Uh, we're going to start kicking into a bit of a series. So, we're basically just going to jump onto one of the divisions. We might do more when we have more than just two of us. We'll see how this goes for time. And mm-hmm. we're going to dig deep into each team, have a look at um, who's joined the team, who's left the team, sort of what opportunities have opened up and and who we think might take those opportunities to try and identify some maybe some values that haven't really jumped out at us yet. So um, we're going to start with the AFC. Every, everybody's favourite. <laughs> <That, laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, a, not a great division, is it? Uh, yeah, so he, here it comes. Jags, uh, Texans. <laughs> Colts and Titans, but um, well, I put them down in order that they picked in the draft, um, so Jags first. Um, <clears throat> so I took a bit of a look into them this afternoon, and we got uh, Trevor Lawrence, obviously the new quarterback from last year. Looks safe to keep his job for this year with all the um, the hype that was built around him and not a lot of help either. So last year... I was actually pretty impressed with the the 602 times that he did throw. Um, that's about where it stopped. 359 <laughs> completions, 3,641 yards, 12 touchdowns. So pretty inefficient. And um, yeah. I guess that's not surprising, given that he was really what thrown to DJ Chark for one game and Laviska Chenault and and who else? Marvin like, Jones, yeah. Yeah, Marvin Jones Jr. was was the clear wide receiver one with 120 targets and he didn't even get to a thousand yards and only four touchdowns. So 
big changes. Um, yeah, yeah, massive, massive. I guess we'll jump to wide receivers because we're we're talking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones joined on gigantic deals that maybe they didn't quite earn. Um, reset the whole market, really. Yeah, like. reset the market for everyone. Yeah. And as we mentioned, DJ DJ Chark is out. We've still got Marvin Jones on the roster, I believe. Yep. Um, and LaVisca Chenault is also still on the roster, but not really sure that they're either of them are part of the team's long-term future or even short-term future to be honest it doesn't seem like they're particularly interested in Viscara Marvin Jones is getting pretty old now he's had a solid career um so when I look at um the targets they were pretty heavily skewed towards Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault Mm -hmm. so 120 targets 73 receptions eight 132 yards and four touchdowns to Marvin Jones and 100 targets, 63 receptions, 619 yards to LaVisca Chenault with no touchdowns. Mm. Um, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones obviously coming in and I don't know about you, do you you see pretty much Christian Kirk is probably looking at that sort of Marvin Jones target number at, at 120 targets around there? assuming that the Jags are going to probably stick in this same sort of pass-to-rush ratio up. Maybe they try to run the ball a little bit more and take the pressure off Trevor Lawrence, but I, I don't think it's it's outrageous to expect a similar volume this year because it wasn't really that I think that the volume crazy. will be similar, right? Like it's 600... What was it? 600 attempts, you said, yeah? 600 yeah, 602, like yep. The, the fact that, you know, the, the completion percentage was pretty awful, Abysmal. Right? yep. Yeah, like it's 59.6%. Per- yep. If he can get up to kind of 63, 64%, his touchdown percent was 2%. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you'd expect a poor quarterback to have sort of the low fours. If he can get it up to kind of like the standard percentage for touchdowns for a quarterback in the NFL and get it up to five, then obviously we're going to see some positive regression for this team as well. I mean, the moves they made in the offseason as well, you know, as, as much as they weren't kind of well beaters in the wide receiver core, uh, you know, Christian Kirk can show that he's, he can take, you know, kind of 80, 90 catches, maybe almost get to the 1,000 yards. He hasn't got there yet. But the fact that they made some improvements both on the offensive line um, and a little bit on defense as well. It took a lot of linebackers and, and uh, a late corner and a couple of defensive backs late. But, um, you know, there's, there's, there's obviously a, a, a long rebuild for this team. Like, it's not going to happen overnight. Mm. Um, so yeah, as much as we say, what he, this is Kirk's stats here: eight hundred three. Yeah, targets, so I, I got him receptions. last year: one hundred and three targets, seventy-seven receptions, nine hundred and eighty-two yards, just short of a thousand, yeah. and and five touchdowns. And mm. if you sort of just jump him to the hundred and twenty targets that Marvin Jones had, you're looking at like eleven hundred yards, six touchdowns. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. Nothing to complain about there. Probably adding, yeah, in the eighties for for receptions. That's um, that's a quality wide receiver, and obviously he was pretty efficient because he was playing. You know, I guess the wide receiver too, mm-hmm. for the Cardinals. Um, with you know Nuke being the clear yeah. coverage drawer, I guess. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, if you if we can see a little bit of Trevor Lawrence efficiency gain this yeah. year, 
I do think that potentially is sitting there a little undervalued. I don't think anyone really wants Christian Kirk. It's fun to talk about how overpaid he is, but um, I mean, if he's in, yeah. you know, your wide receiver three spot, I think that you could do worse. There's got to be there's got to be some improvements from this offense, and I think you know the, the coaching staff last year has a lot to answer for as well. They just kind of were just a bit garbage, and the, the, even just the morale of the team can't be yep. kind of been good with all of the kind of distractions that Urban Meyer brought. So, um, yeah, I can I can see a massive Im- improvement from Lawrence. I think 12 touchdowns is going to be a, pretty of an, a bit of an outlier for his career if he plays yep. for another 5, 10 years. Um, you'll see 12 as like a, oh, geez, remember that rookie year you had? That was a shocker, huh? Um, yeah. As much as, you know, Kirk and, and Zay Jones aren't, as we said, world beaters, they're still an upgrade on... As much as there was all this hype for Visca, we didn't see it from him. Um, he had 63 catches last year for 619 yards, which I suppose he wouldn't sniff your nose at, but still zero touchdowns. But um, if Kirk can come in and not necessarily be a one, but be a one B um, with with mm. either the, of the Joneses, uh, I'm assuming they're brothers, um, either of the Joneses actually just doing pretty much the same thing. If, if, if Marvin Jones can get another 73 catches and Kirk gets 80, 90 catches and then... Zay Jones chips in for 60, 70 catches, then, you know, it's a pretty big pie, but there's definitely some value to be had if you can get Christian Kirk as your wide receiver three, even, you know, your first bench wide receiver. It's not the worst thing to, to have. Yeah, and I think Zay Jones, obviously you've got a, bit, a fair bit of money. I think that's a bit of a bad team overpay, mm-hmm. you know, just to get someone in the door. They obviously like his speed. He was pretty efficient at the end of the year for um Vegas um so he he had 70 targets 47 catches 550 yards just one touchdown which surprised me actually I thought he had more than that yeah. but um that remember, was mostly second round pick as well was yeah and it, but, that all know. mostly happened in the second half of the season so mm-hmm. it was pretty much a clear jump in a um production once he he got that snap count jump to sort of the 80-90%. Um, so I think he is a part of their plan. I think he's a pretty solid replacement for DJ Chark, um, maybe in a similar role. Um, I don't think that you should be running to draft him, but I, I think if he's sort of just sitting on your dynasty roster, I'd probably just hold him, see see what happens for a couple of weeks, and if nothing's nothing's doing... I'm willing to let go of him. I, I think that there's a chance that this sort of mediocre, like 800-yard ceiling kind of thing for a season is is maybe him, and it's just not the type of player that really is going to help you too much, like beyond a, a bi-week fill-in. As if, you, if you've got a player that, that doesn't have that ceiling to grow, he's, he's not worth... Like, nobody wants to trade for, for, say, Jones, right? So unless he's really showing something... You can probably just pick him up when you need him. I think he's that kind of player. You also got to remember, like this is pretty much just a, a brand new team. Um, they've also got uh, Evan Ingram coming in. They've got um, Travis Etienne coming back from an injury. You know, James Robinson's just probably going to struggle to get back with an Achilles. Um, mm. You know, we've seen over the, the last couple of years that these Achilles injuries take a few years to get back. I mean, Cam Akers came back from pretty quickly, but can't say he looked like the Cam Akers of old. Um, that we were kind of hoping for. He still put up some numbers, but not exactly um, the explosiveness that we saw, you know, pre-injury. Um, so I think 
the plan was, you know, pair up the, the two college teammates, Lawrence and Etienne, and obviously Etienne went down and James Robinson still did his thing. Um, but, yeah, I still think Etienne will get his work in the passing game. Last year, what Robinson had, 31 catches, 200, just over 200 yards. So we're starting to see that there's a lot of names here that we need to put numbers to. Um, if anything, it's like, well, can Trevor Lawrence sustain Etienne in the passing game? Kirk Jones, Marvin Jones, um, Evan Ingram. Like, there's a lot of names there, right? Yeah. Spread this ball around as well. So I think that's that's the the scary thing about this team is it's a lot of so much. Unknown. I don't want to say mediocre players. They're not necessarily that mediocre, but there's no like obvious star power um, player. So you're just not sure who is going to be the guy, which makes it hard to hard to pick. But I, I do expect Christian Kirk to lead the team in targets. I think Travis Etienne's going to get the start early by the looks of it. Um, camp reports. Yeah, yeah saying that, saying that he's, he's good, to go. good to go. So I think once he's in the... I, I can't see James Robinson really taken back over from him. He he looks so good in college. I remember watching him and Najee last year and just thinking how much more polished they were than every other running back in that class. They, they look like proper NFL players. So I... I I think he's probably a a sneaky value at the moment. I'm not really sure exactly where he's going, but could be sort of that that forgotten guy that immediately jumps in and and looks fantastic. So look how good Najee looked in a mm. surprising, you know, sort of you weren't sure that he was going to be great, and then he just got volume every single week. If that happens to Etn in a team that's looking to run the ball a bit more and take the pressure off Trevor Lawrence he could be a superstar just having a look at where Etienne's going in um, startup drafts what are we looking at here PPR um, dynasty rankings from just fantasy pros he's RB18 so 42nd off the board yeah it's a um, bit earlier than I thought to be honest yeah I think it's just his youth right and then players behind him yeah. in terms of running backs is you know David Montgomery and Aaron Jones and stuff like that so it's just before that drop off in age uh, but guys like yep. Ken Walker going before him um, J.K. Dobbins coming off an injury as well Cam Akers is still above him yeah look uh, it's almost worth going to the ETN owner and just asking the question seeing if, if, he, if he doesn't cost too much get him on your squad because I think he's going to have all of the volume in terms of rushes and then he'll do his, do his thing with Lawrence in the backfield as well out of you know, yep. the, the passing game so yeah put the inquiry and see if you can get him for cheap but um yeah, it's this is it's one of those teams where you want to have hope for them. There's all these new names. Yeah, it's but not, it's not going to be a huge pie, I don't think. And you know, if their defense can't do anything and get them back on the field, then and they're still losing games. Well, it's not going to be a fun time trying to pick which week Marvin Jones goes off or which week Christian, uh, which week Christian Kirk goes off. So yeah, it might be a, another a year away for hmm. for this team, and I think that's probably why the the volume is a little on the high side for Trevor Lawrence is just because they were trailing so often. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. All right. Well, that was as clear as mud for everybody. Hope that <laughs> helped. Um, just go and get Travis Etienne, I guess, is what we've taken from this. And if, yeah, if you can get Kirk cheap, go get Kirk cheap, I suppose, is what I'd take. Yeah, if you can get any of these players on the cheap, um, I think they're all worthwhile dart throws. But yeah, I wouldn't be just spending be prepared like a to... second for Zay Jones or Marvin Jones or something like that. But <laughs> no. Christian Kirk, you might pay a little bit to, to try and get the... Uh, get the value drop, I suppose, before he balls out if he does. Yeah, just be prepared to throw your dart into the wall instead of the dartboard. (laughs) 
Or if you do throw it into the dartboard, be prepared to throw the dartboard away. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the Texans, say. Hey, this is a fun team. Um, yeah, look, far out, hey? <laughs> yeah, maybe we should have started with some more predictable teams that just lost players. Um, well, Davis Mills is a starter. If you can get him, go get him. Um, people might still be sleeping on him. What, what would you pay for Davis Mills? Would you pay a second for Davis Mills? Or would you pay a first for Davis Mills? Starting quarterback in the NFL. He's a he's a real hard valuation because I think probably what I'd do is if I wanted Davis Mills, I'd probably pay, or if I needed Davis Mills, I think is is what I'm trying to say, is I'd just wait till that moment, you know, one of my two quarterbacks goes down and I don't have a backup, and I just overpay a little bit just to get, get a body on the team or something like that mm-hmm. um, when they try to hold you for ransom because you don't have anyone to fill it. <laughs> That's it, mate. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I reckon probably it'd have to be projected as a pretty late first, and at this time of year, I, I wouldn't want to be yeah, making that move. Because um, if I'm if I'm desperately trying to acquire Davis Mills with my first-round pick, I probably don't love my team that much. Um, so, well, yeah. I'd put it in comparison to... Um to Lawrence last year, right? Just just comparing the two real quickly because obviously both rookies last yeah. year, Lawrence with the, what was the first overall pick, right? Um, 359 completions, 3,641 yards, 12 touchdowns in 17 games. Davis Mills only played the 13 games, started only 11 of them, still had yeah. 263 completions, 2,664 yards, but 16 touchdowns. So he pretty much outperformed yeah. that. And it's still only 4.1%, so it's not exactly stellar. Um, but you know, with double. what he was playing with, yeah, yeah, it's double double Lawrence. But you know, as I said, with what he was playing with in terms of running backs who just couldn't do much, wide receivers that was Brandon Cooks and bloody just bits and pieces here and there. Um, the fact that you know potentially there's John Mechie coming in providing some support there. Uh, Nico Collins, there's still some hype that maybe he can take that next step. Uh, Damian Pierce coming in in the running back, you know, a bit of youth, a bit of explosion as opposed to the ghost of David Johnson and uh, Rex Burkhead somehow getting how many touches? 122 attempts. It's just, yeah. Um, There's hope for Davis Mills, I guess, is what I'm saying here. (laughs) I think one of the scary things is if you actually look at this team, um, because we're trying to project sort of where the the volume's going to come from John Mechie. Mm. Brandon Cooks, 134 targets, massive. Um, Nico Collins at 60. I guess you're hoping that Mechie sort of sneaks into that role and um, yeah, Nico Collins maybe falls back to the next role, but there's just no obvious target getters outside of that. Like, And 60 is not a lot. 30 targets there, 40 targets there, like if you yeah. condense them into John Mechie, you'd be cheering, but that's a big if. I think what you're hoping is that now this team has... It took half half a season, this team took half a season to really find what they wanted to do. So they mucked around with quarterbacks. They sort of eventually got Davis Mills in and they were like, okay, you know, this is, this is where we're going to go. And... Um, I think now you want him to sort of build some rapport with actual players rather than mm. just toss it to a bunch of guys that he played with in the practice squad and then toss it to the starters and then get the 
practice squad guys involved just in case. Like, it was just a bit all over the place. Yeah, for sure. You're hoping that with a, a whole camp to work with him as the starter mm-hmm. and these wide receivers as the starter, the targets are a bit more concentrated. Maybe Brandon Cooks comes down a little bit because he's got a bit of, um, you know, actual life outside of him. Yeah, yep. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's again, it's pretty hard to, to look at vacated targets or anything for this team because there really aren't any. It's just a bunch of guys that got 30 targets or yeah. 20 targets. I think um, the, the running back room is probably where you want to look at for a deep shot. I mean, Marlon Mack's coming in. <laughs> How many times do we need to go with this Marlon Mack <laughs> crap, right? Uh, Rex Burkhead is the running back too, technically, and then Damian Pierce, the, the newly drafted. He's going to come out, take one carry, and make the other two look really slow and hopefully just kick him off the field. Um, you know, David Johnson last year had 67 carries. Mark Ingram last year had 92 carries. So there's 150 carries just there. I'm sure they're not all going to go to Marlon Mack, and I'm sure they're definitely not going to... I'm hoping, if you're a smart human being, they're not going to go to Rex Burkhead, right? So (laughs) there's some work to be earned for these two running backs, and I'm looking forward to the camp battle between Mack and Pierce to see who can be the the lead dog. But you can can see the pathway, right, for Pierce to come in and just, you know, take 150 carries this year. Yeah, even though they were pretty bad at running the ball, there's actually plenty of attempts to go Mm -hmm. around because you had Philip Lindsay with 50 as well, Rex Burkhead 122. Yeah, so there's, there's... you know, a good three or four hundred carries there. Yep. Um, I think the even, hope for this team Snyder, again, yeah, yep. the hope for this team is that they're going to find a bit of an identity in some players yeah. early this year. So one of these young guys is going to hit, maybe maybe it's Nico Collins even, but um, I guess everyone's hoping it's John Mechie, but I think he's probably going to be starting his career a little hurt, um, coming off the back of a pretty severe injury. Um, So I guess you're looking at... Yeah, I I do think Damian Pierce is worth a flyer because there's plenty of work to go around and all all the Texans have to do is improve a little bit. That's that's what happens with these these teams. I guess when we get to the NFC East, we'll see a, a little bit of the same thing where it's like these teams just get like a little bit better... Um these players shoot way up the board because yeah, like sure. there's just no touchdowns yeah. and yeah. that's what the, the problem is yeah I've been taking a sneaky look at Brevin Jordan as well um, I think last year we, we kind of liked the look of Brevin Jordan the tight end mm. um, I think you know behind him it's just kind of names like Pharaoh Brown who we used to hear a long time ago but other than that it's some dude named Tegan how do you even say that Quitoriano and some <laughs> other dudes um, so yeah, there's, there's opportunity for Brevin Jordan if he's, for some reason, I don't know if he'd be on your waiver wire, but at least you know, third, fourth round pick, you could probably snap him up, um, depending if you're a tight end premium league, of course. But yeah, I, I actually liked, you know, he didn't do heaps last year, but he showed flashes, flashes of what we kind of expected. Um, what do we have, what do we have stats wise? Where is he, Brevin Jordan? Goodness me, down here, uh, only just under 30 targets, but um, you know, but they all came three, in a couple of games, which was, yeah the most out of the team except for <laughs> Brandon Cooks. <laughs> so, <Pretty> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so look, they, they showed a bit of rapport, I guess, between Mills and, and, and Jordan. So, you know, get amongst it. I think uh, he could be just, you know, a sneaky next... maybe 500 yards and five touchdowns rather than the next Travis Kelsey where you got a 1,000 yards. Yeah, but, but, but a matchup tight end. Matchup yeah, exactly. play, yeah. He's usable. 
Um, so go and see if you can get him on, on the cheap. I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of the Brevin Jordan play this year. So see how you go. All righty. Uh, jump into the Colts then, I guess. This is actually a decent team for once. Yeah. Decent, not great. Decent. Um, I guess we, if we want to jump on the running back first, just oh, Jonathan knock, Taylor, what? knock knock it out of the way. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> um, we know what that is. We know what Naheem Lyons can be because we've seen that. Um, he's he's handy in a pinch for you know a, a PPR league. I actually started him in a fourteen team league pretty much every week last year. I owned was... him for about four years, and I think I started him twice. <laughs> um, yeah, that team's got a real bad running backs. But um, yeah, the, I don't think anything's going to change um, in in that uh, part department. of the field. So what we're looking at is some a fresh young wide receiver core and a new but old quarterback um, <laughs> and how they're going to gel together, I guess. Yeah. So first of all, I guess the wide receivers, we've got Michael Pittman who was... Pretty solid last year. He he started off pretty hot and then sort of faded say, a little bit. Would you say you're a little bit disappointed with Michael Pittman? Yeah, like, I... The hype was so massive and then it was like, oh, you know, it's just meh. Like, what did he have? 88 catches, just over 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. And yeah, which... I think the expectation was for him to, you know, 10 touchdowns, 1,400 yards sort of thing. Especially the first couple of games, I, well, it, was, it was very early in the season. He had a couple of good games in a row, and um, it it looked real promising. And then it just sort of fizzled out at the end of the season. And whether that was just we can run the ball all day long or <laughs> whatever it was, yeah. Um, yeah. But 332 attempts for Jonathan Taylor means that. Your wide receivers can't do much, but it, it should have made it easier for him to be efficient. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I guess we look at that 129 targets. Zach Pascal was the next target getter, I think, at 69 targets. Yeah. Name Hines and Jonathan Taylor actually weren't that far behind him, which yeah. Hines and Taylor are, are closer than I expected them to be, so that surprises me. Um, same number of catches and more yards for Taylor in the receiving game. Which Yeah, I think Hines is just a bit bursty, so they're kind of using him on those just random plays here or there, right? Yeah, it just doesn't feel like that when you watch them play. It feels like Something Hines gets more catches. Um, yeah, maybe it's just a matter of him, him getting them more concentrated in a couple of games or something. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, so Zach Pascal, looking like he's going to be replaced by rookie Alec Pierce. Mm-hmm. Um 70 targets for him last year, and I think that maybe that's what we should expect. Yeah, yeah, maybe from... a couple more with T.O.A. Hilton. Who knows what's going to happen with him, right? Is yeah. Have, have I made a call on him yet, hey? Yeah, I don't think they have. But I think that maybe Paris Gamble, who didn't really play much again. And they're um, him up again, though. Yeah, they are. Like never give up on it's bloody bizarre. Paris Gamble. Um, maybe, maybe he's sort of in that T.O.A. Hilton-ish role. Which is plays occasionally and gets and injured. gets but but has big flash flash plays every now and then. So yeah, seventy seventy targets isn't isn't really a lot. And maybe I think Alec Pierce is getting a bit of hype around you know potentially being you know the wide receiver too in inverted commas in this offense. But um, 
yeah, maybe if if we're looking at a similar volume, because we're just going to let Jonathan Taylor do his thing, and Matt Ryan throw the ball better than Carson Wentz, but not that often still, then then maybe we shouldn't be that excited about Alec Pierce, unless do you think that Matt Ryan's going to bring his volume over to the Colts or? No, I'm not excited about it. Unless, you know, you're in a rookie draft, you can get him late second, early third. I mean, it's just another shot, right? Um, I'm not taking Paris Campbell. I don't want him. Someone else is going to have him. <laughs> um, the only player I'm interested in in this wide receiver core is Michael Pittman, just in case those numbers do go up. Um, I can see the path to him being a wide receiver one. He's playing over 90% of the snaps pretty much every game. Um, mm-hmm. It's just he didn't score touchdowns. There was... What, five games last year where he actually scored touchdowns. He had a, a double in uh, the game against Tennessee. Yeah. If he can get up to eight touchdowns, keep the yards the same, keep the snaps the same, um, you know, fingers crossed. But the other guys don't even want him. Alec Pierce, as I said, you can see a path to 50, 60 targets, but it also could go to Paris Campbell or, you know, someone deep in the depth chart like Ashton Doolan has a day all of a sudden. Um, the tight end land... Um, it's Mo Ali Cox and it's some rookies, Jelani Woods. I think we spoke about when we did our little scouting thing. Mm. Once again, don't want either of those unless you know Mo Ali Cox is down at the red zone and you know just because I'm bigger than you, I'll catch the ball. Um, it's just, I'm just not interested to be honest. And I don't think Matt Ryan's exactly going to bring 600 passes or or something like that. Like it's hard to see a huge volume for six guys. You know, and, and especially with those running backs getting 50 targets as well across the year. Like, if they take five or six targets and Pittman has 10 targets, like, there goes 16 passes. And I think that's pretty pretty well maxed out for what Matt Ryan needs to do. Just <laughs> hand the ball to Jonathan Taylor and thanks for coming. Yeah, I was actually just... Maybe Matt Ryan is, is the, um, the obvious talking point here. So I think it's he, just, just might as well have kept Carson Wentz. Yeah, he's. I don't really get it. Well, I think that Matt Ryan is is obviously a better player than yes, a slight upgrade. But But I don't know. I think people that are sort of looking at this and like, oh, I can get Matt Ryan later in the draft, and he'll be a reliable quarterback that he's he's been for the last little while. I think that maybe that's a bit misguided, um, and that his volume might drop fairly significantly I'm just gonna go back to Carson Wentz sorry my screen's jumping all over the place with these ads I don't know about yours but um (laughs) yeah 500 attempts from Carson Wentz last year um that's that's a decent way below Matt Ryan and what he's been what did Ryan have last year he had 560 attempts yeah Yeah. Um, I can see that coming down obviously they want to run the ball Let's say it's 500 attempts, right? Yeah, and and like he was the QB 20 on the year last year. It was actually one of his worst years. Well, it certainly was his worst in the last six or seven years, I think. So um, if you're thinking you're going to get Matt Ryan that he you had maybe in 2020 where he threw 620 passes and he had Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, you're not. And I think he's going to have plenty of disappointing games um, this year for this team where it's not that he played bad, it's just that he didn't need to play good. Yep. Um, so you see him get nine points. Hmm. Yeah. 
And yeah, like last year, Ryan started off throwing the ball a lot, 45 attempts, 46, 36, 35, 40, but then tailed off at the end of the year. He was in the 20s and 30s pretty much for the rest of the, the year. And I mean, he started off with a bit of an easy run, met some tougher competition. The Falcons were struggling. I can just kind of see that kind of second half being what Matt Ryan puts up this year, the 30, tar- uh, 30 attempts rather than 40s, 50s, you know. I don't know. I'm not liking the volume and I'm not liking anybody except Michael Pittman, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I guess in summary for the Colts, you probably don't really want their passing game. You just want Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Yep. Pretty much it. Um, and, and maybe yeah, take a flyer on Alex Pierce in the third of a rookie draft, but I don't even reckon you'll get him then because the hype's a bit... Nah, it's a bit there. second round, yeah, pretty yeah. clearly, I think. All right, that's the Colts. Yeah, look, here comes the interesting one again. We have started with three or four. Four teams which just knew everything, really. Like, bloody hell. <laughs> um, putting us in a real projection land, that's for sure. But uh, Tennessee Titans coming in with the same quarterback, which is one thing, I guess, with Ryan Tannehill um, for now. And then Malik Willis, obviously, they drafted him as well. Wide receiver core of Robert Woods coming off, was it ACL injury, wasn't it? Well, no. ACL? Achilles. Achilles. Um, Traylon Burks, newly drafted. Uh, Nick Westbrook-Akini is currently listed as the third wide receiver on the depth chart. But, of course, they've got everybody's favorite player, Racy McMath. (laughs) So watch out for him this year. Uh, And they also drafted Kyle Phillips, and they have Des Fitzpatrick there from last year. Um, How many targets did AJ Brown have last year? I had it written down here somewhere. 105 targets, so 63 receptions, 869 yards. Five touchdowns. Which was a little bit disappointing in terms of AJ Brown last year. So there's it's a bit of injury in that. Yeah, time. exactly right. Yep. Yeah, there's 150 targets up for grabs with Brown and Julio both missing. Um, I'll tell you one thing, Derek Henry, he's going to eat this year, I reckon, again. just if, if he doesn't get injured, it's just 133 yep. carries for Deontay Foreman in the games that he played last year. Uh, if Henry's not... No issues at all. He's just going to feast again. Hassan Haskins is the guy behind him now that they just drafted. Dontrell Hilliard's the other running back in the room. Um, and so, I think so far, Haskins is... I, I think Haskins is, is a worthwhile um, flyer in your rookie draft. He's not going to be a player that ever develops into, you know, some superstar. I, I wouldn't expect that at all. But He, he runs hard, it, though, right? Like, yeah, he runs hard. Like and if, if Henry does go down, I think you get that... Um, Shubba Hubbard kind of yeah the Deontay Foreman season maybe a little bit more explosive yeah but but I'm more like talking those rookies that they never actually end up being something but they just they had a a run in their rookie season or in their second season where the starter went down in front of them and they got on the field and they were they were pretty good but then when they sign with a new team at the end of their rookie contract that it never really works out for them again they just mm were in a good situation at a, at the right time in their career. So I think if you can get him and he, he has a couple of good games, you can probably sell him. Like It can be one of those, like, get get with your fourth-round pick and, and flip him for a second if he's if Derek Henry goes down. Yeah. And if he doesn't, well, too bad you spent your fourth and you didn't get anything out of it. So, yeah. yep. yep, that's my... There's nothing really changing in the running backs there. Yeah. Um, and Woods was an ACL just for those playing at home. Oh, it was an ACL. I know oh. he said uh, Achilles, but I think ACLs these days are 
as bad as it's going to sound for me, but a little bit easier to come back from uh, than an Achilles going off the last seven or eight Achilles injuries that we've heard of. But uh, yep. yeah, so Robert Woods, I don't know if he's going to be ready to go week one. I haven't heard too much about him uh, in terms of his rehab, if he's ahead of the schedule and that kind of stuff. If he's not, then it's Traylon Burke's season, I guess. Um, and then it's just names behind him. So yep. yeah, it's once again, it's one of those situations where if everything goes well, Burks is just going to be AJ Brown, but that's a big if because AJ Brown's a bit of a stud, right? Um, Austin Hooper also coming into the room in tight end, um, so he's another name for the for the board, I suppose, through the middle. I think he'll get a few targets, Austin Hooper. I'm not. I'm not. I actually think, um, yeah, a lot of people are on uh, Traylon Burks just being the only thing because he's sort of like the new name. But Austin Huber and Robert Woods have both had like pretty solid careers. Austin Huber had a really good year in Atlanta, and he was fine in Cleveland. He wasn't. He never really did exactly what fantasy managers wanted him to do, but he was. He was a fine player. Yeah. Um. They just have that young fella, that Harrison Bryant, that can do sort of similar things to him now, and mm. I think they just wanted to move on. It was a bit expensive. Um. So, uh, yeah, I like him to probably jump up in targets and maybe be in that um, annoying range of targets where it, it doesn't really... It means that um, if Traylon Burks plays every game, maybe he only ends up with 105 targets like AJ Brown did in less games. And I could certainly see Robert Woods getting more than 48 targets if he's able to play all the games. So... When I first saw Traylon Burks go here and you watch AJ Brown go, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, here we go. But um, I'm actually, yeah, the longer I think about it, maybe there's there's not that much um, pie to go around for him, I guess. Um, the pie is a little small and there's a couple of other decent-sized pieces already taken out of it. So yeah. I'd just be quietly cautious on what the volume is actually going to look like for Traylon Burks. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's the same situation as what you see. The Colts is probably going to be 350 carries to the running backs. And then Tannehill only had 531 attempts as well last year. Um, I can see that being pretty much the same, to be honest. Um, Mm -hmm. So do I keep saying targets? Yeah, targets, attempts, attempts. whatever. Bloody hell, it's tripping me out. Um, Yeah, so as you said, 105 targets for Traylon Burks would be the ceiling, I reckon. And that's what AJ Brown had. If he gets 105 targets, yeah, I think we're in for a good year. But I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm cautious, as you said, that he will get that many. So, yeah, look, we've, we've gone in with just ambiguous situations every <laughs> and I, and I love it because it's very difficult to try and understand what to do. But if, if from these teams, you know, I'm thinking. Have a look, a cheeky look at Austin Hooper. See if he can grab him. Take a shot on Burks if you want to. Woods apparently is going to be ready for uh, for, for mini camp, but I'm going to take that with a grain of salt because he said it. So, yeah, and I knows. think Woods, even if he is ready, I I sort of see him as maybe being what he was like last year at the start of the year, where he's he's a good player. He just for some reason isn't getting enough targets and some of the games are just a bit disappointing and maybe you see him get a, have a lot of games where he goes like 6 for 70 or something, yeah. 5 five for 60, yeah. and a, no touchdown, and you're just a bit disappointed. 
yeah, um, sure. but it also ruins Traylon Burks and really you just end up with Derrick Henry being their entire offense which is what they want it to be so yeah exactly right yeah. um just uh looking at depth chart for wide receiver I've always had that little sneaky cheeky Des Fitzpatrick love <laughs> just you know how you you have that little star on sleeper just just keep him highlighted just in case <laughs> you're actually wrong though because it's going to be Kyle Phillips and yeah I was going to say and if it's not Des Fitzpatrick <laughs> put the little star next to Kyle Phillips as well and we'll see how we go but um yeah fifth round pick this year there's nah. some love there for him but yeah nah, he's a depth piece I I, yeah, I like to I draft him because it. there's there's a chance that he well that's it you know there's just breaks in but and there's nobody else like yeah. this is a f- completely new wide receiver call if he can at least if he can have a good mini camp or a good you know something even just OTAs and he, he gets the notice then you never know but that's a bit yep. so four teams so in summary two two great running backs <laughs> and lots just, of rookie wide receivers yeah and, or new wide receivers yeah and one that I really want so if anyone's listening and you're in a league with me just give me Michael Pittman, please. That's that's all I want from this little section, or this division, I should say. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'd, I wouldn't mind... If if there was one player that I could get, it would probably be Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> um, so if you're in a league with me, just give and me Jonathan Taylor. If you have, yeah. And, you know, you have, as in you, you have eight first-round picks, go and get Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> What would it cost for you if you had Jonathan Taylor? You were the Jonathan Taylor owner. What would be the price where you just couldn't say no? I think I'd need it to be super flex and be getting a very good quarterback. I think that's the only way I could see myself doing it. So um, if I said to you, here's Patrick Mahomes, you give me Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would do it. Um, it's hard, but... Right. Um, yeah, I think I think it's a smart move to make if if that's the kind like if you can get I don't think anyone's going to do Josh Allen because for some reason Josh Allen seems to just elevate it way way up. He's but yeah. Touchable now, mate. It it could be possible. You could get Patrick Mahomes, Jonathan Taylor straight up and I think Jonathan Taylor maybe has two more years of this and mm. Patrick Mahomes might have 10. Yeah. Um so it's interesting it's just whether the difference maker level is the same or not. And and running back, yeah, it's, it's they there's burn not as many bright work. and fast. Yeah, but there's not as many workhorses these days, and I think the NFL's no. going away from it. So it's like you really need to pay premium to go get him or to yep. sell him. Sorry, you need to to be paid the premium. I wouldn't be paying. You know, oh look, it's just Pat Mahomes straight up. Like I'd still want more because. Yeah, I know. Many, I thought many, that too when you yeah, said it. How many actual workhorse running backs are there? Two. Yeah. Exactly. It's you like, know what? There's yeah. still one, but he just hasn't played for three years. It's probably Saquon Barkley. If if he's healthy, I think he's a, a workhorse for the Giants. Yeah, so him, Henry, if he's coming back off injury and he's fine, McCaffrey and if McCaffrey. he's fine, and Jonathan Taylor, the rest of it's timeshare. It's just, yeah, you've got to really, really pay to go and get Jonathan Taylor for sure. Joe Mixon is pretty solid, but yeah. Yeah, true, true, true. Alvin Kamara, I guess, as well. But all of these <laughs> yeah, we, guys we can with, keep naming guys all day if we Yeah, all of these to, guys <laughs> with suspension slash injury problems. <laughs> yeah. And who are 26, 27. Jonathan Taylor's, what, 20, yeah. how old is he? 22 or something? 
yeah, 23 maybe by 23. the season start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, please. Yep. Give me a, give me a minute. Eh? 23. There you go. Anyways, I think that'll do us. Good chat. Um, yep. I'm enjoying it. We'll uh, rip into. Eh, who do you want to go next week? Let's make the call now. Uh, let's go south. NFC or AFC? AFC. We're starting with AFC totally. Yep. Yep. AFC South. We're going to do the AFC South. Isn't this the AFC South? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so which one are we going to do? Oh, we better do. No, we'll just start in the AFC and we'll we'll go around the compass. So we'll go oh, west. South. Jeez. Yep. <laughs> AFC West. Everybody's favourite. Plenty of bloody shit to talk about with them. Bloody hell. Yep. Stacked conference. Stacked. Again, we're going to be coming and going, yeah, geez, I'm not sure. <laughs> so get ready for that. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, Yeah, we'll in summary, fantasy football, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's pretty much what we're, what we're doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, hit us up on those social media platforms, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm sure there's lots of ladies listening for the dulcet tones of viewers here. Uh, at Sheep Session Pod on Twitter, Sheep Session Tiny's Podcast on Instagram, Discord link. Please get in there, get amongst it, send us your trades, send us your questions. Um, we love to see it. And, yeah, until next week, guys. Well, just Guy, I should say. So long. Ciao.